Welcome to Questions from the Closet. I'm Charlie Bird. And I'm Ben Shalati. Each episode, we discuss a question that we commonly get asked as LGBTQ plus Latter-day Saints. We are not trying to answer this question or come to a consensus, but simply sharing our perspectives. Today's question is, how do I recognize personal revelation? Charlie and I are not terribly diverse, and we share many opinions and life experiences. For example, we both have grown out our facial hair. However, there are some pretty big differences. For example, I am clean-shaven, and Ben is not. Which is very unlike me. Oh, remember the days when you judged me, when you scoffed and scorned? You'll have to be more specific. When I had a beard over the summer? <laughs> yes, I, I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the middle of November as we're recording. It's November 15th, and I decided to grow out a mustache for... November or no shave November and it does not look good but I'm committed have you gotten any positive feedback I've gotten a lot of positive feedback actually so here's what I've realized there are two kinds of people there are people who like mustaches and people who don't like mustaches and my mustache has changed zero opinions and it's <laughs> you just i look at you and i just laugh <laughs> i mean i have to i need like a horse blinder what? during this podcast so i don't <laughs> what am i sorry <laughs> it does not look good actually and i knew it wasn't gonna look good and so we just released the questions from the closet promo video today and i wanted to like have a video on my instagram saying like please watch the video and i knew that i was gonna be growing out a mustache and so i recorded it two weeks ago which is funny because in the video <laughs> i have a beard yeah that is full circle isn't that it goes all the way around. Anyway, one of, my, one of my colleagues, he was like, you know, the mustache works for you. Maybe if you had a British accent. So and I see that. I feel like it like makes your head look like, I don't, I was going to say a pinhead. <laughs> so it just like makes it look more elongated. Yeah. It elongates which which my face. I don't know why, because a horizontal stripe should like. Yeah. So you're saying I look like a horse. A camel. Yeah. Anyway, it is going away. <laughs> you know, I've never grown a mustache. I was like, you know, I want to try it once in my life. I was curious to know how much gray it had in it. Pretty evenly dispersed colors. I am impressed with how thick it came in, though. Yeah. I think if I were to have a mustache, I could have a good one. Yeah, uh, but I think I figured, you could have a good beard, too. Oh, no. My my beard is patchy up here. I'm pointing to my cheeks. Mm. Anyway, but I figured since I'm wearing a mask all the time, it would, like, not as many people would notice. So I thought... Better now? Like, if I'm going to do it, now is the time. Well, Ben, I love it. No, you do not. You hate it. <laughs> well, we like to provide a variety of voices and perspectives, and today we're joined by Sarah Keller Langford. Hey, guys. Welcome back, Sarah. This is your third time as a guest. It is my third time as a guest. And is it her fourth time as a guest? Well, no, because she was the host. She was the host of Triple the live Threat show. plus host. Oh, so that means you were my guests one I, of those times. Does that mean what it means yeah, if I was uh, the host? Yeah. I guess so. You're and the that's, moderator. That's why we asked you back, because we are hoping for you to pull everything out of us today. And we also want your perspective as well. That was the really nice way of saying I'm good at asking questions because I'm very nosy. <laughs> yes. So, Sarah, for someone who hasn't listened to your previous episodes, just give us a little rundown on who you are. Okay. So, my name is Sarah Keller Lingford. I'm a bisexual woman. I'm a bisexual cisgendered woman. I am in a mixed orientation marriage. I've been married for the last seven and a half years to my husband, Brandon, who is identifies as gay or same-sex attracted, depending on who we're talking to. And my other episodes, I, we talked about whether or not I should go on a mission mm-hmm. and what is my gay agenda. Uh-huh. And then for as the host, I hosted their first live questions from the closet. And it was really fun. It, it was, was really great. I, we're going to do another one. Right? Oh, we should totally do it again. Okay, good. When you're in town. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm moving to Texas. <sighs> we're very sad. But I'm I'm excited. I'm happy for you though. Thank you. San Antonio is beautiful. It really is, and you guys are gonna come see me, right? Of course we are. Yeah, I have family there, so that'll okay, work. 
Good. And, and, and once you move there, I will have family there. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, it means less with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be gone by the time you move. Good. <laughs> Anyway, so we're actually here to talk about something. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about today, you guys? When I read questions from the closet emails, I get a lot of people who give me very specific situations. They're like, this thing is happening in my life. What do I do? And I always tell them basically the same thing. Like, well, first of all, I don't know, but you should ask God about this. And maybe here's a a principle or two to think about. Right. That's usually how I respond to the emails. And then people have been saying, well, you talk about personal revelation all the time, but how do you receive personal revelation? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And I think this is a question that's on a lot of people's minds. And the church has been talking about this. You know, we have the the Hear Him series with church leaders talking about how, how they hear God. And so I thought it'd be good for us to do an episode on how we do that. So a lot of people send you emails asking you to tell them what to do with their lives. Yes. Okay. Is there any consistency and like what some of those questions are or what it looks like? You know, people ask very specific questions about very specific life circumstances. They'll like tell me a whole like paragraphs of what's going on in their life. And then they'll be like, what should I do? And, you know, I, I think they might be reaching out to me because they think I might have some wisdom to offer or maybe an answer or maybe they just. And honestly, I know that if, even if I told them specifically what to do, they wouldn't necessarily do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it kind of makes sense because it's really hard to move through ambiguity. Right. Especially especially in this like kind of cross section between LGBTQ and religion where it seems so like divided and opposite. You know, as we were thinking about this, I was, you know, the people that we're doing this podcast for is people who have questions but don't have someone to talk to about them or talk with about them. Like that's who I envision our audience being. Mm-hmm. So of course they they feel like we're their friends. Right. Yeah. And so they don't have someone to talk to. And so it just makes sense that they would want to talk to us. Right. Okay. So then I'm curious, like without like disclosing anyone's identity or personal situation, could you, one of you give me an example, like broadly, like the kind of scenario that someone might be seeking some direction on? I, I think just the nature of this podcast is illustrative of that, where there's questions and we kind of generalize, but a lot of times they'll come from a very specific scenario or, or a lot of times I get questions about like me personally, what I've done and what I believe, which I think is great, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of like, I feel honored that they trust me and, and are willing to like ask me for guidance in their life. At the same time, I don't know if that's the best thing to do because mm-hmm. like I, I feel, I feel very comfortable and I, I like the fact that different people receive personal revelation for themselves where they're at. Right. And if someone's trying to like create a life that looks exactly like mine, it's not going to be the right life for them. Right. Mm -hmm. There's like our worlds and our lives are so individualistic that they have to choices need to be made like between the person and God, I, I feel. And I feel like that's what I've tried to do for myself and like take note of what other people have done and like take that information but as far as decision making and my own revelation i really try to keep that within me Mm. and and as far as specific situations we'll get emails like a parent will say my son is still attending church but has started dating i want to love him i don't support this choice also i don't don't understand why he would date and still believe in the church what Mm -hmm. do i do Interesting. Like th- those kinds of questions. Or we get a lot of dating questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> those are the ones yeah. that, that are coming to my, my head the most right now. But someone will be like, you know, my, my bishop said this, and it was really painful. What do I do about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, on this side of the table, I mean, both of you, there's maybe a sense of bafflement that someone w- would be asking you for, like, such specific direction about what they should be doing with their lives. 
But was there ever a time in either one of your lives where you wanted someone to tell you what to do? Oh, so many definitely. Times. Tell me what I mean. I want you to tell me what to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the secretaries at my work, they might get tired of this, but I'll be like, guys, I have the situation. Tell me what to do. <laughs> I do it every week, at least. And it and it's just my way of like talking through things. Right. Yeah, we're the culprits. There were years when I was looking for some sort of like standard to live up to, some sort of hope, mm-hmm. someone that seemed like me, felt like me, and was living a life that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me to find. And I don't know if I ever really found it for me. So I think just over time, I started putting less stock in other people and more stock in God. Okay. So, I mean, you said like over time. And Ben, like you mentioned yours is kind of more broad you've done this in your day-to-day but like i'd really i'm really curious and i'm sure like our audience members are curious as well like if you were one of the if like if you were writing the email to ben and charlie today what is the question that you think you would have been asking i don't know five years ago or 10 years ago or i mean just like a critical point in whatever part of your process because it appears like that's what's happening here it's not just they're not just asking you a question for conversation they're asking you a question for guidance they found themselves at a some sort of crossroads and they don't know what to do yeah i, I think the question i struggled with for years especially in my 20s was how do i have a happy life yeah you know i just i was i felt like every option i had was terrible and i felt like no matter what i chose i was going to be miserable so i would have wanted to know like you're happy how do i have a life like yours that's what i would want to know how did you uh, identify happiness in others i didn't reach out to other people to find out how they were happy but i did reach out to some other like Larry Saint gays at the time, and most of them ignored me. Oh, Ben, <laughs> it's okay. Oh, just little old me. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not important. Yeah, it probably look at just you means now. it probably just means they were busy and they yeah. had a lot of messages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look how gamous you are now. Like. Right, just look at me now. <laughs> and you know, I, I didn't really. I guess I didn't really look at someone else's life and think, okay, how can my life be more like theirs? Okay. But just like with the circumstances I'm at, what can I do within my own circumstances? Mm -hmm. I'm not a terribly jealous person, so I don't really look at someone else's life and say, oh, I wish their life were mine. Mm. What about you, Charlie? What what would I have asked? Yeah, I mean, what would you have asked or was there a question really that you would have been asking, maybe not your current self, but just somebody to tell me what to do here. Tell me how to do this. Oh, well, I think that question changed as I gained more information. Like it was constantly evolving. And the questions I have now that I need answers to are very different as well. But some of the biggest ones for me were like, am I actually gay? Can I say that I'm gay? That, that was a huge one for me. I really, really pushed against that label because I wasn't comfortable with it. I wanted to identify with, with, well, with being straight first. But if not, then I really was like more drawn towards same-sex attraction, that as an identifier. And I, I like felt like I needed permission to say I was gay for someone, from, from someone. And then later it kind of turned into, should I tell my family? Should I tell my friends? Should I tell this specific person? And, and again, I guess that's a specific scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, like given all of this relationship and this history, is it safe? Is it okay? Will it ruin this relationship Mm -hmm. or modify it in a way that I'm uncomfortable with? And then definitely questions of, should I be seeking, like, should I still be dating? Like once I'd been like, okay, this is who I am. That's, I don't feel it's something that's going to change. Should I keep dating my girlfriend? Mm -hmm. And, And how do I manage that relationship? And, and if I should, how do I tell her, you know, and so there was just like a lot of 
those specific questions and they just i mean got progressively more complex right. as they went yeah. on and, and, and as you're talking to i remember a time when i was 30 my life had fallen apart i was at like rock bottom and i was just like how do i move forward like how do i have a meaningful life mm-hmm. and just like that question just like what do i do and i didn't reach out to anyone because i felt like there was no one to talk to right yeah. and so it was just a lot of yeah i identify a lot what you were saying ben about like can i have a happy life because I remember just constantly scanning all my options and being like, these are all the worst option. And and I really felt like th- there was not a place for me to move because either way I was giving up too much of who I am. Yeah. And if someone, if I had reached out to someone and said, can I be happy? And if they were like, yes, Ben, you can be happy. Of course you can. I would have been like, thanks. I'm not sure it really would have meant much. Hmm. Yeah. So if I'm, again, all of these questions are very different from each other, but like broadly speaking, People are asking you questions because they have a lot at stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with that, like that means they have a lot to risk and they don't want to mess it up. So they're looking for someone to help diffuse the amount of risk. They're trying to, they're doing risk management. Yeah. You know, they're no, managing a, their risk. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, you that know? is a nice way to put it. So they're managing their risk when they are reaching out to you for questions. I, I don't want this to sound like we don't want people to ask us questions <laughs> because we do. Like, I, I think there That's should be literally the point of this podcast, right? <laughs> right. It's questions from the closet and and there should be like a lot of discussion and pondering and thinking about these questions. And, and I hope they're asking people. And at the same time, when I've put my faith and hope in a person, I've been disappointed mm. every time I've either had someone that didn't know an answer who loved me and cared about me, or I've had someone who I thought gave me an answer that turned out to not be who I thought they were. And that was, I just felt like I was disappointed by so many people that I was kind of clinging right. my hope to. And and I think that's why this question is so relevant. Like, how do, you, how do I recognize personal revelation? Because only when I was started turning to God and, and focusing my efforts through Jesus Christ did I start finding the hope for a happy future that I was desperately seeking. Right. When I'm asking a question about what it is that I want to do with, about what I should do with my life, I generally have an idea about what it is that I want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how have you personally balanced and negotiated wants with answering personal questions? Yeah. That's a beautiful question. And I'll just tell an experience that I had just today, actually. So last week I was invited to, to give us, to speak at something and it was going to require that I take four days off of work. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I don't know if I want to take four vacation days to speak at this thing. And so, and it, it's not even like a big thing. Like, mm-hmm. a, and I, I asked a number of people for, if this is your thing, Ben doesn't think it's very important. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little FYI. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I kind of think out loud. So I talk to people, like I talk through things with people. So I, I talked to some people who were familiar with this event. And I'll just say it's at, at Aspen Grove at BYU. Mm-hmm. Is that, I don't think I need to hide that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was asked to speak at Aspen Grove at BYU um, this summer. And so I had to take four days off work. So I talked to some people who had been to Aspen Grove, who had been there. And like everyone's like, you know, Ben, don't take four vacation days. Like just go somewhere else, like okay. go on a real vacation. And I was like, yeah, yeah that makes the most sense to me. <laughs> and so that was what I decided. Good and I, But you. they gave me until today to make that decision. And so over the weekend, I just like could not stop thinking about it. I was like, you know, 
I wish I could do both things. Like, I wish I could do the Aspen Grove thing and not have to take the vacation. He's like, that would be ideal. And I was like, is there a way that I can get that to happen? And there really isn't. And so then this morning, I was going to write this guy the email to be like, sorry, I'm not coming. I was like, I just want to be sure because this has been like on my mind a while. And I was like, I'll just go on a walk. So I went on a walk around the Wilkinson Center BYU, right. just kind of thinking and praying and pondering. And then the stupid thought came to my head of how of what I did this last summer. And I went to Turkey and had a blast. And I went on trek in Sacramento. And while I loved both things, I had the most fun in Sacramento. Mm. And if I had to choose between the two, I had so much time, so much fun getting to know people. And I thought, oh, I, here I want to go on like some fancy trip, but I, maybe I should go be with people. Mm-hmm. And then as I was like deciding to make, I was like, are there people that actually need me? I was looking out a window at the Wilkinson Center, just like wondering, do people need me? And the student walked up to me to, this morning and said, Brother Shalati, can I talk to you? I had a really rough weekend. I just need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can call me Ben. And of course. <laughs> and I was like, fine. So I went and emailed the guy. I was like, I will come to your thing. So the reason I share that is this decision that probably is fairly inconsequential. Right. And I thought about it for a while, but I just like, I, it, it just kept feeling, I kept feeling unsettled with the decision I had made. Like mm-hmm. the decision I made was I want to go on some fun vacation to Europe or something and right. use my vacation days for that. But as I really thought about it, the decision that I feel like was the right one, hopefully, I mean, we, have, we don't know yet, was to go speak at, the, at Aspen Grove this summer. Hmm. So Ben, how did you get to that point, that get to that decision? So I've had a lot of practice in my life trying to figure out when God is talking to me. And I noticed that there will be like a thought that like comes from outside of me that just like keeps coming. And so this morning, explain what that, that means. Yeah. So what is it? How do you know the thoughts from outside of you? So for example, like I had made this decision, I had counseled with multiple people. I was not going to do this thing. And I had put on my to-do list today to email the person who works there to tell him I wasn't coming. And I pulled up my to-do list this morning and I was I was getting ready to write the email. I was like, I just thought like, I should think about this just a a moment more and just be sure. And I was like, maybe I need to go on a walk. And then I went on the walk and that's when it happened. So it's, I mean, I don't really know how to describe what it felt like, but it just felt like I, as I sat down to write the email, I knew it wasn't time to write the email. Yeah. How did you feel when you'd made the decision? When I decided I was going to, when I was going to go? Yeah. Relief. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish I had those four vacation days. (laughs) (laughs) I want to move back into you talking about going on the walk because I really relate to that, this idea of like, I I, I call it like being occupied. Mm. Like I, I just feel when I'm seeking personal revelation or when something's like off and I know I need to like adjust something, I'm just occupied. Right. And it's not, and, and I say that because it's not anxious. It, it's not, I mean, I mean, there, there is a sense of anxiety to it, but it's not like rumination. It's not like me, like getting jittery and, and right. like, but, but it's just like a portion of my brain is just like occupied. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is maybe this like you found a vehicle through which you feel like the spirit or receive it? Like for Ben, this vehicle was walking so that he could feel something or like, I mean, some people might say conduit, right? Mm -hmm. Like a conduit experience. So so I'll give you another example that was very similar. So with this podcast, one of my friends said, you should start a podcast. And this was on a Sunday morning. And I've told this story before. And I was like, no, I am not going to start a podcast. And this is like on a Sunday morning. I didn't have church like 1.30. So I just like sat around my house, read some scriptures, you know, called my dad. And the thought just like would not go away. And then when I got to church, like the thought just wasn't going away. And I didn't want to do it because I didn't know how to do a podcast. Like I had no idea how to do it. And it just seemed like a lot of work and I didn't want to do it. 
And then, and I was sitting next to Deb at church, and I wrote on my program, "Should I start a podcast?" And I, like pass it to her. And then she, she and I like wrote back and forth throughout the sacrament meeting. And by the end, I was like, "I got to do this. I don't want to do it because I don't know how to do it." Right. But it's time to figure out how to do it. So this is interesting because I'm seeing a differentiation between personal revelation as it comes to you and personal revelation that you seek. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wonder if we receive those differently because the way the personal revelation comes to you. I feel similar to in, in what you're saying, but when I'm seeking it out, it's a very different experience than that. Like when a thought comes that we're not trying to get, that just like comes yeah, out of well, well, sometimes like I, I have a question, and so I specifically seek personal revelation about that question. And other times I just have personal revelation come to me. Like sometimes you're just driving, you're like, I should call someone. Yeah. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I think those are two different things. What are some other, fr- I guess like right now I'm trying to understand the personal revelation coming to you what are some other phrases or words for that i mean god speaking to us promptings yeah promptings yeah promptings impressions impression okay it's interesting because i like the word impression because sometimes it feels like this thought is like pressed on me okay Mm -hmm. and i think that's what i meant by occupied okay yeah because it's not just like something in my head but like something like almost like a metaphysical weight on me yeah it's it's not comfortable Mm. there's a sense of discomfort but neither is it painful. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yeah, because like I wanted to like not think about doing a podcast. I wanted to just like say no to this invitation. <laughs> uh, but it just like it just like was pressed on me, and I just like couldn't let it go. I mean, what are the different ways that those like external impressions have come to you? It sounds like people, other so, people. So this happens to me not a ton right now because I don't do a lot of writing. But when I was writing more before, I would go to bed. And I would have a thought that I just could not get out of my head. And I couldn't go to sleep until I had written it down. Hmm. And so some of my favorite blog posts, I wrote at like 1230 in the morning. I just like just flowed out of me in the middle of the night. Yeah. And and, so, and that'll happen sometimes when I, when I wake up too. I'll, I'll, I'll have like been thinking like, okay, how do I finish this chapter? How do I finish this post? How do I say this? In the morning, I'll just like, no. And I've had enough experience where that's happened. and I haven't written it down. And then I forget what it was. And so when that happens, like, okay, right now I'm going to write this down. And so I have like notes on my phone where I'm like, okay, this is the phrase that I'm going to put into this post or into this essay. That's really interesting that the, the phrases, because I, I that's very different from my experiences. But before I share my experiences, like Charlie, do you have something similar or parallel to Ben's experience? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> we have a, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we have, we have many shared experiences. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I feel a very similar way and I... When, when I'm kind of in that mindset where I'm like, there's this thing on me. Sometimes I don't even know what it is, what I'm supposed to do. But I kind of feel like guided in steps to sometimes even like go to specific places where I'll get specific ideas. Hmm. And like, like I think that's why it rang true to me when you said you need to go on a walk. And then like on the walk, you like had that because sometimes I'll need to like physically move. And I just kind of know where to go. A- additionally... You talked about the the phrases, Ben. Like, I feel like a lot of my book was when I like woke up at like three in the morning, and because I was thinking about it before I went to sleep, and I just like wake up and I just like have this either like sentence or paragraph that I would just like write, and then I go to sleep, and then I I actually wrote a whole chapter once in the middle of the night and woke up and looked at it, and I was like, oh my gosh, wow, and it was beautiful, and it was exactly what I'd been trying to get, but I couldn't do it. And and the same thing will happen to me when I'm speaking, Mm -hmm. like when I'm giving a presentation, like a thought will come to my mind that I've never had before, and those are the best one, like my best one-liners. Oh yeah, like my very first time speaking about being gay was at the Tucson 
Institute, mm-hmm. and someone asked a question, and I said, I used to think the atonement would make me straight, but instead it healed my broken heart. And when I said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. And it wasn't my thought. And that kind of stuff happens all the, not all the time, but I'll be speaking, and then I'm like this thought that I've never had before, and like how to say it will just like come to me. Well, I think, I think some of it is what you're looking for and what you're thinking about, you know? I, I tend to be a very, th- this, this kind of feels uncomfortable to talk about in a way, actually, yeah. just because it's like, look at us talking to God. Well, and I don't want it to be like that, but I think everyone can talk to God. And I think everyone can get revelation. I mean, you also might consider there's some discomfort because it is a very intimate, personal thing to share. Like, yeah. how does God speak to you? And yeah. I do have a quick well, question. Can, can I just go build, ahead? So earlier we were talking about core values. Yeah. I remember a very specific moment when I was attending the University of Arizona. And I was listening to this podcast and someone was talking about their core values, what they wanted their life to look like and what they wanted etched on their tombstone. And I remember the specific place I was at when I thought, what do I want my life to be about? And while I stood there on these steps on the University of Arizona campus, I made very two clear goals that have become my life mission. I want to become like Jesus. I want to build Zion. Mm. And those have become like my core values, like as as we were talking earlier about core values. And as I've tried to do those two things, become like Jesus, develop his attributes and build Zion, you know, build the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, build up my fellow saints and the people around me in my community. That's when the revelation has really come as I've tried to to do those two things. And I think that's when I get uncomfortable or why I get uncomfortable when people ask me specifically what to do because I don't I can't speak to their core values. Right. You know, like like what Ben's gonna do in his life is is different than mine and I respect and love what he's doing. And I also respect and love what I'm doing. And there can be similarities and there can be differences. But th- that's like a key point, I think, Ben, like knowing who you are and, and what your aim is. And maybe that's what you were getting to, Sarah, earlier when you're saying like what you want. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that I'm getting right now is, you know, if I was if I was you two and I was having people listen to me, what I would want people to hear is not what God was telling me, but all the different ways that God was speaking to me whether it be through different people, through books, through phrases, through, and to maybe feel some relief in like the depth and breadth in which God yeah. chooses well, to speak well, at And I think points. it's both, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to recognize the process of how you feel God speaks to you. And then I can, like, I find myself often recreating that process because I've mm. really tried to be mindful and conscious of what that experience is like and those times when despair has turned into hope and, and what was the kicker, what kind of, you know, like environment, what was I doing? How did it feel to, to receive that change or that idea or thought? And so I think on the one hand, there's that, but then also being able to like know that it's from God and process that information and go through with it. Do you feel like the both of you have, are pretty consistently cognizant that when you're experiencing something from God, that it's from God, or do you look back on it and be like, Oh, I guess that was, I guess that was a spiritual, I guess that was revelation. It depends. Sometimes oh. I know and sometimes it takes me a while to figure it out. But is there any like increase in consistency the older you get and the more you practice this? Or is it always just kind of, oh, I guess it just depends. No, I, I think I've gotten pretty good at the language of the spirit in my life. I, oh. I, I mean, of course I could do a lot better, but like I was, I just, just like last week there was a text message I was going to send someone. I was going to ask them for something. I just like really felt like, and it like it really odd, like, strong discomfort because right. I was writing this text message right. and I was like okay I'm not going to do this because there have been enough times where I've had that feeling and I've ignored it and then it doesn't go well 
the opposite side, I, I, I would say the same thing, but from a different perspective where I feel like I've had enough times where I do things and it does go well. Mm. And I don't know, there's, there's just like, it's almost like there's a different color, like a different filter to the thoughts and that are impressions for me. Mm-hmm. And That's- I, but but it's like it's not it, it's colors the wrong word it's like a different filter but it's a different emotional filter okay. like it's coming through a different receptor <laughs> tell me more I, i'm so curious I don't know how to explain it when it's like it, a time that like a recent time that you'd be willing to share in which you've been like okay and also like these are things that are that are ineffable if you will like these are like we can't put this into words because it's not yeah but but it's we can ethereal. we can try yeah so the the most recent time that I'm thinking of is when I was deciding whether or not to move back here and do a master's at BYU. Mm-hmm. And I was super occupied by this. I, I really liked a lot of aspects of the life I was living in New York. Some of it I didn't like, but I like had very strong promptings that I followed to come out and to start writing a book. And I was working on it and I was out here for the summer doing a lot of stuff with with pride and with church and I that felt really good to me like kind of what Ben was saying earlier where he had to choose like one or the other that was like a real issue I had with with my religious life and my sexual orientation because I felt like so many people wanted me to like be so holy one or the other when I felt like I was so holy both Mm. And I and I was kind of like I felt that you know that summer I felt very congruent and I did not want to go back to BYU I was like I can't go back there (laughs) and I'd already done it before and I didn't know what to study I didn't know what to do and my life kind of just I don't know I feel like I had too many possibilities that I couldn't make a choice if that makes sense and so what I started doing was like writing different options kind of like Ben was saying I, I made this list of like things that I love and I boiled that down to like three things that I need in my life to be happy and was one of them me <laughs> no <laughs> but you have provided me some of those things oh anyway i'm um, sure making my jokes sound sweet <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember ben you sent me a talk that i was like Ugh, i don't want to listen to this but whatever i will while i was driving and, and so the, like i, I stopped listening to music and i listened to that talk it was the byu devotional you sent me hmm. so i listened to that and that put thoughts in my mind and i, I was just thinking about it and i was asking people I, I was saying what am i good at where do you see me and I kept being drawn towards coming back to BYU, didn't want to do it. And I was driving on the highway and I tend to, I'm, I'm a very orthodox person at heart. I really am. <laughs> and when I have a, a question that I feel like is going to be a fulcrum or a focal point of my life, something that's going to shift a lot, I really want some sort of verified spiritual backing behind it. Mm-hmm. So I seek to things like, like, like chapels and temples and hymns things that are like tried and true that I feel very confident in the spiritual nature of them just to make sure if I get a thought or an idea that seems a little bit wild that it's coming from the right place. And I was driving on the interstate and I was voice recording my thoughts. So maybe that's part of it you write and I voice record a lot and just kind of process what I'm thinking. And on my shuffle came Come Come Ye Saints. And I listened to that song and I started sobbing and like I had to pull over to the shoulder because it was so, so powerful. And I was like, like, like the words turned into my life. And I remembered every day walking to class at, uh, at the hour, the bell, the bell tower at BYU plays Come Come Me Saints. And I just felt this 
rush of emotion, but more like this opening, like this thing that I didn't want to do, this clouds, like I didn't want to put myself back into this situation where I'd had to like before where I was closeted and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of like issues I see on BYU campus with LGBTQ plus things. And I, I was free of that in New mm-hmm. York. And I was like, I have to go back into this cage in a way, but it, it wasn't, it like lifted and I saw the bigger picture. And that story is not to say that like BYU is the place, you know, <laughs> that, that's, that's not what it is. But, but for me, like God used things I already knew and combined them with this, this emotion and this, this opening, this hope that, that felt like liberation, even though I was moving to, into a space that didn't feel as free. And sometimes I still don't want to be a BYU, honestly, but so many times it's been confirmed to me that this is where I needed to be. Can can I tell a different but parallel story? Sure. (laughs) Charlie, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to come back here either. Like, I cannot express how much I love my life in Tucson. And <laughs> I, we hate it here. <laughs> no, I just love my life in Tucson. I loved the people there. I'd spent 11 years in college to prepare to be a Spanish professor. And as I was finishing that degree, and as I was looking for jobs, I just felt like this pit in my stomach, like this actual pit in my stomach. And then one day, one of my friends just sent me her application to a master's in social work program just so I could proofread it. And suddenly I was like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And it was very embarrassing to me because I was just finishing a PhD and to switch to a master's in another field was like very embarrassing. And, and once again, like I just loved my life in Tucson so much. And I just like, when I thought about leaving, I just like made me want to sob because I just loved it there so much. And I needed a very clear impression. Otherwise I don't think I would have left. Like I, I think I would have, I would have stayed there. And so how did uh, you look for that? Yeah, I uh, the, the temple at the time, there, there's a temple in Tucson now, but at the time there wasn't one. So, you know, when I, I like felt this like warmth as I was reading, like thinking about doing a master's in social work. And so I got in my car and drove two hours up to the Gilbert Temple. And, and while I was sitting in the temple, I just prayed like, am I supposed to do a master's in social work and go to BYU? And usually when I ask specific questions, I don't get an answer. But it was very clear, like, like, it's, like I felt this immediate, like overwhelming peace. Like that is what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And I needed that piece. Otherwise I'm not sure I would have left. Can I tell you how I test that? Yeah. I have this test that I do a lot. I'm just remembering, which is, is funny because I do it like all the time, multiple times a day where I'll like, I, I guess I'm, I'm like matching my physiological response with my emotions, with God's will. And I like try to feel what it's like when those align. And so for example, the other day I was at a launch for Dave and Emily's thing that we went to at, at that chapel. This is the place. I, I wasn't specifically like into it really. I was, I was kind of hungry and it had been a long day and I was like, Oh yeah, they were giving a devotional and they gave the definition of Emmanuel, which means God be with us. And I was like, I'm going to test this. So I just like kind of like shut the world out. And I thought like, I like vocally thought, if that makes sense, the word Emmanuel, God be with me. And I just had this like, this feeling, this, this, this strength and in peace and calmness. And it was, you know, in, in that big experience I was telling you about earlier on the highway is, is a much more grand, robust version of that same feeling. And so I don't know. What I don't know if that's helpful to people. Like the feeling of what? Like a rush to my heart. It's like, I don't know. It's the so small voice. It's the warm fuzzies. It's the thing people talk about. And I'll tell you what it's not, though. It's, it's not a ruminating feeling. It's not an anxiety. And, and, I, and I want to differentiate when I said feeling occupied from anxiety. And in 1 Kings 19, it talks about the still small voice. 
and there there's a stillness there that I think is one of the kickers for me. It's like uh, it, it like hums and vibrates, but it's not like shaky. It's not anxious. It's not worried. It doesn't make me feel sick. It doesn't make me worry. It just feels like a calming peace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is interesting to anyone. It's just I think with, there's a few things that are like striking that I'm struck by listening to the two of you first. Like I mean this sincerely. I'm like struck by the goodness of both of you. I'm struck by like the sincere desire to find what is best for you or to more than that to find what it is that God wants it you to do. And the second thing that I'm struck by is just like how vast like really like the spectrum of spiritual experience there is because yeah. I do not and my own personal experience is the personal revelation. I don't want to like criticize myself, but I am. I seem to like lack the same kind of, or have like a very different approach is what I should say. I want to be like more compassionate to myself because. Well, I don't know if that's a criticism because it just is different. Yeah. Well, because it's not bad. Well, well tell us but, about your experience. Well, I just, I can't, I have never in my life sat down and made like a list of things about whether or not I should do I don't, I mean, I think I've attributed it to laziness <laughs> or just like. <laughs> but you were I, just saying earlier that you always naturally just know what you want. Yeah. Well, I think because I, I feel like with like, there was a part of my, a time in my life where I didn't feel like I got to do what it was that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it was because of fear, you know, and I can't tell you this point in time and where I let go of the fear, but maybe it's like less knowing what it was that I wanted to do and what it was that I wanted to feel and to be and. But like going back to my experiences with receiving personal revelation, for me, you talk about like this feeling, Charlie, for me, it's a, I call it like the locked into place feeling, mm. you know, where something just like all of a sudden shifts. And I think a lot about that phrase, a stupor of thought. And when I'm experiencing a stupor of thought, to me, that's pretty much the indication of, okay, I'm in the wrong situation. I'm having the wrong idea. And so I need to shift what something in myself, maybe something that I'm feeling anxiety is something that I've often felt and it's something that I've experienced, but there's this pretty significant difference between anxiety and stupor of thought. Like for me, stupor of thought means to be paralyzed by indecision. Just like, I don't know what to do next. Like I just, I don't know what to do next. And I'll find myself in this spot, like my own modern day, like wandering in the wilderness or just like, I I don't know what to do next. So I, I think I probably need to look at something. And like most recently, like this move to Texas is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really big deal. You have a really beautiful life here in Utah. I have, I do. I have beautiful friends. I thought I was going to be here for forever at least. and Forever at least? I know, forever <laughs> at least, you know, like beyond forever. You know, I like that phrase forever at least because it, to me it kind of communicates this idea of just really, really forever. But my experience with God has been less going to the temple to find him but the belief that like, because God is, if God is always with me, then he must be speaking to me in every moment of every day. And I just need to look, I just need to listen. I feel like a little bit of maybe just, you said um, discomfort earlier, Charlie, like just feels very vulnerable sharing like this kind of intimate part of myself because I, I don't want it to be misconstrued as like signs, but I, I really do believe like I've had, I don't know, I've been discouraged and had like the most beautiful leaf in the sky, like fall down into my path to remind me to look up. And I have felt lonely and multiple times and 
the right text message came to pull me out of myself. And I, I know that I'm talking about comfort in this, but for me, personal revelation has also has always been like a form of comfort from God. Okay. I am so glad you said that because that's something I wrote down from a different perspective. Tell me. Because I was thinking about like, I've never received personal revelation, like the catalyst for my seek, my seeking of personal revelation has always been discomfort. Mm-hmm. So Zandra Vrains, I listened to a podcast with her once on one of LDS Living's podcast. And she was talking about the, the Holy Ghost being the comforter. And if God would give us a comforter, he would want us to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like we, there needs to be something to comfort. And so like part of life is like moving through challenges and changing and making those shifts you were talking about. And I just, I kept bringing that back to the restoration. And even when you said being paralyzed by indecision, it's like hitting a wall. And and I think every LGBTQ plus Latter-day Saint can relate with this idea of being paralyzed by indecision. I like that. If anything, like that is the best thing out of this podcast to me because you put into words so what so often I felt that made me feel uncomfortable and made me seek revelation. So I think of Joseph Smith thinking like, there's so many options. I don't know what to do. They're all wrong. Are they all right? Which one of them's the best for me? What is salvation? Can I be saved? <laughs> Those are the exact same questions that do and have been running through my mind for, for years. And the questions that ultimately the discomfort that pushed him to ask and seek and knock and really believe that there would be an answer on the other side of that. And then that comfort comes from the Holy Ghost. And I just think that's so, that's such a beautiful allegory. I'm just like, I'm just so, I'm so glad that like we have a God that like speaks to us by ultimately being helped ourselves, you know, like this idea of like self-flagellation. I'm glad that we've moved on from it generally as a society, like at least within my own personal belief system that like beating yourself up. Yeah. Like God doesn't want me to go towards discomfort. Like he wants me. I love that idea. Just like of going towards my comfort. Cause like going to this thing with Texas, I would say it, the exterior of it is discomfort is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's uncomfortable in just about every possible way. I'm traveling a lot. I don't get to be with my husband. I, Guys, my apartment is 299 square feet. <gasps> okay. That's a little tiny studio apartment. I don't have my things with me. You've been on my couch. You know how much I love my couch? Like, my couch is amazing. It's a nice couch. Very comfy couch. Right? And so, but like, there was something, there was, I, I, I'm going towards my comfort when I am choosing to go to Texas. And as I see that, like, in, I mean, Brandon, choosing to marry Brandon, like, I was going towards my comfort. And I think there's a difference between comfort and safety, right? Because Uh I think for me, this, if I was only just trying to be safe, then I wouldn't have even gotten to the discomfortable spot in the first place. (laughs) But yeah, for me, personal revelation has always been about going towards my comfort and recognizing the different ways in which God is trying to ease the pain in my mind along the way. Can I ask you a question? So moving to Texas... Marrying someone, those are scary things. Yeah. How did you move through the fear? The next right thing. (laughs) We just saw Frozen, the musical, and it was amazing. But my favorite part of the Frozen 
franchise is in the second movie where Elsa sings a song about doing the next right thing. It's Anna. Anna, sorry. (laughs) My nieces would be horrified right now. (laughs) Anna. And I just, the next right thing. I like looked at these things. So for example, I'm like, spoiler alert with this thing with Texas or an important, uh, important piece of context is I'm moving to Texas because I want to get to know my birth dad. And my entire life I have lacked like a biological validation of who I am as an individual and I'm finding it. And the answers that it has given to me have been incredible. Um, it has been validating. It has been soothing. And I'm like, okay, that seems like the next right thing. Like getting to know myself more is like a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And going to be with someone that I didn't know for 30 years, it seems like that's a good thing to do. And when I go back and like look at the patterns of my life, the my life is weird. You know, we don't have time to like talk about like, but I feel like my life has been like a series of miracles from end to end where at the right moment, God intervened to give me the faith to like make a pretty significant pivot in my life, whether it be to get married, move to Texas, change my major, move from one apartment to another where it seemed to defy all logic. But as soon as I made that choice, like something, you know, locked into place. Sir, you're articulating a principle that I just have been thinking about a ton lately. And it's this idea that God will surprise us. Yeah. Like he'll surprise us with goodness that we couldn't have ever imagined. Like I remember this was not that long ago when you first talked to your birth father. I remember you telling me about that experience. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, like 20 yards away from here. And it it wasn't that long ago. It was recent. And now you're moving to Texas to work with him. And, (laughs) And like... Two years ago, if we had told you that, if God had told you that, that would have been insane. You're like, that is bonkers. It's an impossibility. And yet it's this beautiful thing that is just so right. And I just look back on my life and think about all the ways I thought my life would turn out and how I'm just grateful that God didn't tell me what was going to happen because I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. One of the things I like to say to Brandon is that like, I'm really glad that he he's defied all of my expectations you know because i didn't know enough to ask for what it was that i have now i didn't have like a vision enough of like the world or of happiness to even imagine for myself that i could have the kind of life that i'm having right now but the kind of people that i have in it right now i guess like if i'm thinking back to myself i think that that has like reinforced my confidence in this idea of going towards my comfort because i really do know that like God can do it better than I can. And he has like, there's nothing logical about my life. I know that, but it has been so beautiful because of that. And that has been my experience has been that belief in like ever ending belief and trust that even knowing what it is that I want at the end of the day, what it is, what I want. I just want to be open enough to allow God to put me where it is that I need to be or want to be. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is that I want at the end of the day. And it manifests itself in different ways. I don't think that I can hear God if I am uncomfortable physically. (laughs) And so I like to be comfortable physically. Hence the huge couch. (laughs) Hence the huge couch. Um, I'm the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually uncomfortable physically. I have to, for me, it's like, it's just, I have to like let it in and flow it in. And I think that's beautiful that like, that God loves me enough to speak to me the way that Sarah Joy Keller Langford needs to be spoken to. Like, can I share with you guys an experience? Like, yeah, please. Briefly? 
seven years ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And that was a very scary time in my life. When I was, let me go back to this. The day that I found that I had cancer, I was very scared. And I spent a whole day avoiding a question about what does my life look like now? And I decided to stay at work and just go about my business as usual. And I got home and I saw a cat waiting for me in the driveway. And I thought that, oh my goodness, God sent me a cat to like play with me in the driveway. And I went to go pick up the cat and I realized the cat wasn't just there for no reason. The cat was about, was playing with a baby bird. So I like scared away the cat and there's this baby bird and I don't know what to do because everything in my mind has told me don't touch the baby bird because if I do, the mama bird won't come back to it. And, but if I leave it out here, it's the middle of June, it's like super hot and this cat's going to come back and eat it. So I pick up this cat, not this cat, I pick up this bird with my sweater, come inside and Brennan's in there waiting to talk with me about this big life altering thing. You have cancer. What do we do next? And instead I said, I have a bird in my hands. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And Brandon wanted to talk about the cancer, understandably so. And all I wanted to do was talk about the bird. Now we can like couch psychiatrist me and say, oh, I was projecting onto the bird myself and I wanted to like have some control in that moment. But I'm just going to say this. It was the most important thing in that moment to me to make sure that that bird was going to be okay. And Brandon and I were so poor, by the way. Like, we were so poor. We had no money. <laughs> we were waiting for his job to start. So when we decided, I don't know, an hour later to drive an hour and a half up to, like, north of Salt Lake to go to a wildlife rehabilitator to drop off this little baby bird, it was a little bit stressful because we didn't have money to, like, fill up the tank of gas to get us through the rest of the week. But we were going to go and, like, save this baby bird. We drive up to this woman's house and like her house looks like what you would expect a wildlife rehabilitator's house to look like. There's like animals everywhere. I can picture it. She's very like beautiful and like regal looking, but also like a little bit scary and not a people person. (laughs) (laughs) And I have this like bird in my hands and I felt so stupid because right there in her front hallway, there was literally a bald eagle with its arm in a sling. And I felt so stupid that I like drove all the way from Provo to north of Salt Lake with this little bird. And she like isn't talking to me. She's really focused on this bird and she takes it out and she said, oh, you did the right thing. Like you saved this baby bird's life. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess bye. Like, we'll see you later. And, and she said, you should know that God remembers the people that remember the sparrows. And I just like lost it. You know, we left the house and I just lost it that like God had like orchestrated this like beautiful miracle for me when I was in despair, when I didn't want to talk to somebody, when I didn't want to pray, when I didn't want to read my scriptures, when I couldn't, that God orchestrated like this. You mean like it wasn't like a baby bluebird. It was literally a sparrow. He made it like so clear and like simple for me. Because he knew that I couldn't hear him any other way except to be so direct with me as to use the exact bird that had been spoken about in the scriptures. And I'm just really grateful that at the end of the day, like I have a heavenly father who speaks to me the way that I can hear him 
and he doesn't speak to me the way that Ben Chilati, that he speaks to Ben Chilati and doesn't speak to me the way that he speaks to Charlie Bird, but he speaks to me in the way that I can hear him, like how much he loves me. And just, I just, I know that Heavenly Father is speaking to all of us in the ways that we can hear him as. And I hope that we wouldn't accidentally miss out on the beautiful ways that the God is speaking to us because we're comparing the way that we receive revelation to someone else's. And instead of just trying to figure out how it even happens for us in the first place. So for me, like, I think my life is kind of a storybook that like God sends me sparrows and like birth dads through ancestry DNA (laughs) and like all the parallels with joy. I mean, I feel like my life is like a fairy tale. So that's incredibly beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. That was so pretty. At first I was like, I don't know where she's going with this. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, it was, it was amazing. And I'm just, I'm thinking about what you say about feeling locked into place. I agree with that. And it also sounds like there's, it's like not so much locked into place. Well, I don't want to like change your words, but, (laughs) but it sounds like you're saying you, you felt, you feel stuck. And then all of a sudden there's an opening that makes your stuckness right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. The key turns, the key turns. So the door opens. Yeah. You know, there's just this, just such a beautiful like element of faith over fear to, I think everything we're talking about this. I'm still thinking about when you said paralyzed by indecision and that's fear driven. Once you can turn that key through faith, and like really believe that God will, like Ben was saying, like fulfill your wildest dreams, even like something that you couldn't even imagine for yourself can and will be possible and, and can manifest itself in a way that you couldn't have ever expected and that life can be spectacular. I think I just hope everyone, if anything, listening, if, if you've made it this far, <laughs> if you can be instilled with some of that hope. Well, I think we are leaving with more questions than answers, <laughs> but hopefully this was, I mean, this was really good for me to reflect on how I feel God talking to me and hopefully somebody else can, can pick things for themselves. And just Sarah, thank you for coming on again and sharing your experiences and always being willing to give of yourself often to help us. So thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for coming on. You're such a joy. Sarah Joy. It is my middle name. <laughs> oh, I know. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this or other episodes, please consider leaving a review, following us on Instagram or Facebook at Questions from the Closet, or sharing the podcast with someone you love. And as always, please remember that we do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University. We're not trying to be prescriptive or tell anyone what to think or what to do. You heard three perspectives and there are many, many more. We encourage you to listen to other voices and hear a wide variety of experiences. If you would like to submit a question or share a comment about today's episode, you can email us at questionsfromthecloset at gmail.com. Until next time.